to a very special edition of the Mock Draft, the IBS Mock Draft. I am joined by IBS Draft Guru, Cody Stewart. How are you today, Cody? I'm doing good, Archie. How you doing? Doing great. You've been doing some great work, man. I applaud you. I applaud you. A lot of work. Thank you. Uh, let's get right to it. I think we know. Um, but let's, let's go through the formalities of the first two picks. Okay. Um, basically, what we're going to do is uh, simply um, me and you alternate picks. I have all the odd numbers. You have all the even numbers uh, as far as picks go. And what we're going to do is we will say who we will select as if we were the GM of that team. And then after the pick, uh, the other person will kind of critique it or you know, say what you like about it, what you don't like about it. And then the person that actually selected the uh, the player will then, I guess, somewhat have a rebuttal and uh, basically say why they picked this player for this team. All right. Yep, that about sums it up. And you are on the clock with the right. Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams. So, uh, after uh, weeks of reports saying there's teams trying to trade up to get the Titans' number one pick, the Rams actually did that a few weeks ago. And jumping from 15 to first is really no other position you're going to go for with that kind of jump than a franchise quarterback. So, with the first pick in the IBS mock draft, the Los Angeles Rams select. Jared Goff, quarterback, California. I like uh, I like Goff. I think he has a <clears throat> I I think he he'll be a solid quarterback in the league. I like the way he moves in the pocket, but I see his potential as tapping out as Matt Ryan, and I don't see any okay. more than that. And depending on what you put around him, I think that depends on how far you go. Which just like Matt Ryan, we've seen as Roddy White's decline as he's lost. Tony Gonzalez and just had Julio Jones' weapon, he hasn't been as effective as he has been when he had more weapons. He can say that about anybody, but Matt Ryan is not the kind of quarterback that makes his people better. He is kind of like a, a point guard, a, a ball distributor. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, it was obviously between Goff and Wentz. Uh, I like Goff a little more just for the simple fact of the, uh, the caliber of opponents that he played in, uh, in the Pac-12 or just Division One in general. The thing that I do like about uh, golf going to Los Angeles is the fact that Los Angeles last year selected Todd Gurley in the first round, and he had a great rookie year. I feel like he's going to be able to lean on the now second-year pro and um, kind of get into a flow. He's, they're not going to expect him to go out and throw 30, 35 passes a game, maybe 20, 25 kind of come in and be somewhat of a game manager. But, you know, I think golf can thrive in this franchise if they can surround him with uh, more pieces, as you said. The only wide receiver they really have is, is Tavon Austin. So I feel like maybe later in the in the draft they need to, you know, maybe select a wide receiver. And after losing Jared Cook, they also need another tight end as well. Uh, and I, uh, just the last thing on on wins before and not wins, but on uh, golf before we move on. And uh, I think that golf is actually a well, wins is actually a better fit because of, because of Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is not a shotgun uh, running back. 
He likes to get the ball. His quarterback probably needs to be under center for the most success, and that's something Jared Goff doesn't have experience with in college and Wentz has a lot of experience with. But we'll move to the second pick. The second pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select, no surprise, Carson Wentz. What do you think of that pick? Or what do you think well, of Wentz in I mean, general? Uh, Wentz, I mean, you know, you, you got to give him credit. I mean, the, the guys, one thing that really concerns me is uh, the, the lack of games that he actually played in. Uh, but, I mean, if you're Philadelphia and, you know, somewhat like the Los Angeles Rams, them trading up all the way, uh, well, basically just from 8 to 2, but still, if you're you're making that kind of trade, you're definitely going to go quarterback for sure. Uh, I mean, not a, not a bad pick. Hopefully he can tan out and uh, maybe be the next franchise quarterback like they had in Donovan McNabb uh, a decade ago. And the Chargers are on the clock. With the third pick in the NFL draft, the San Diego Chargers select Jalen Ramsey, defensive back, Florida State. Ah, you went with Ramsey. Interesting. <laughs> Going the best what available route, I would assume. Why didn't you uh, – Why didn't you? well, who was it down? Why didn't you pick Tunstall or was there another person that was your next one over? Well, in my opinion, uh, if I'm San Diego, it's between Ramsey and Buckner. I understand everybody says about going offensive tackle, get Phillip Rivers some, uh, some protection, but I kind of feel like offensive line is somewhat deep this year as well. So I feel like they might can pick somebody up in the second round because I think they have like the second or third pick in the second round. So, uh, Jalen Ramsey, I think he instantly comes in. I think they moved him to free safety to take over for uh, Eric Weddle. Uh, I mean, he was a, a team captain and a, somewhat of the leader of that defense, and I feel like Ramsey is a safe pick but also um, a very athletic guy that can come in from day one and uh, be an impact starter. I agree. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion on Ramsey. I like him as an athlete. He's not a pure shutdown corner. If you're looking for Patrick Peterson, you've come to the wrong place, contrary to what Florida State fans think. If you don't get an <laughs> interception for a whole year, if you go a year without an interception, and actually more than that, I think I believe it's 18 games. He went 18 games without an interception in three his whole college career. So that's a problem. But at the same time, you, that could be made up for because he brings so much to the table with he can play in the slot, he can play on the outside, he can play safety. He can support the run. He can just eliminate screen passes. So there's a lot he brings to the table. It's a jack-of-all-trades kind of thing. Definitely maybe not master of none, but very good in a lot of areas. Would I be uh, would I be wrong if I said he somewhat reminds me of uh, Tyron Matthews? Yeah, a lot of people have compared him to Honey Badger. He's bigger and maybe even more athletic, but you're trading off. The difference between them is one slightly more – one more significantly more athletic – and one is significantly has better ball skills. So, like, that's what you lead with with the two of them. Matthew is the epitome of having a nose for the ball, whereas Ramsey doesn't, but Ramsey's more athletic. So they're very, very similar, actually. That's the main comparison I think I've seen. And now so, my Cowboys, are, yeah, my Cowboys are on the clock. <laughs> I have gone back and forth on this pick. I really don't know what we're going to do in real life, but I'm going to go with the state pick. I'm going to go with the area of need, and I don't think it's necessarily a need-based pick, but I'm combining need with skill. Joey Bosa of Ohio State is going to be the pick for the Cowboys. I think he's been productive all throughout his college career. Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the number one defensive lineman two years 
in a row. So I'm going to go with what's consistent. He's very good using his hands to get pressure, and even if he doesn't get a set, he still causes a lot of havoc. Now you see that you go back and forth on uh, who Dallas is. To be honest with you, I think Dallas is the wild card. Nobody truly knows where Dallas is going to go. Uh, but uh, was it between Bosa and Buckner, or was it between Bosa and another position? I like Buckner a lot, but I don't necessarily think he fits our scheme and what we're trying to do. We're out, we're trying to get upfield, and he's more of a speed rusher. Even, I mean, not more of a speed rusher. He's more of a power rusher, even though you can move him inside some too. But I don't think he's a great fit for our scheme, even though I think he is the best defensive player. I don't necessarily think he's a good fit for our scheme. But Bosa, we need somebody that can get after the quarterback and need somebody that can get pressure, even if they're not going to necessarily – get set. You just need someone who can win their matchup. And with Bosa and he's so good with his technique, I think that's the way to go. How close was uh, Elliot to be in that ticket for? It's my first thought. That's where I want to go in my heart. But I really <laughs> think it's very important. I think it's crucial to get someone to make that defense better. We had the DeMarco Murray uh, blueprint, but I think we're past that now. As far as having that big bruising runner, not that Elliott is that, but having the big bruising runner and the running game being the foundation of our team, there are too many things that can go wrong. That running back can get hurt. There's just too many variables with a running back to, and I hate to say it, to pick a running back that high, even though I think Zeke is a very special back. Now, before we get to the fifth pick uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, let's stay on the Cowboys really quick. And, uh, of course, you get this close to draft day and you have reports coming out all over the place. A lot of it could be smoke screens, but what is your opinion or thought on the possibility of the report coming out saying that Dallas is thinking about possibly trying to trade back into the first round uh, after they take their fourth pick? Uh, I was talking to Adam because Adam did the mock draft today, and I thought it was, he got a very good point. Like, what if we just traded with Cleveland? Cleveland gave us their first two picks, and we went down. And uh, so Cleveland has the eighth pick, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. their early second-round pick, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do they have two first-round picks. But, yeah, basically we traded with Cleveland and got those. That would be interesting. Um, if we can get two first-round picks, I, I'm all for it. But it's like, what are we going to give up to get that? Right. Sure. Okay. Just wanted to know what your your thoughts were on that. But uh, so let's move to the the fifth pick, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so with the fifth pick in the NFL draft, Jacksonville Jaguars select Miles Jack, linebacker yes. out of UCLA. Now uh, I just wanted to say I was a little reluctant on taking him just because of all the reports coming out about his knee and the injury, and you know they think maybe down the road he's going to have to have a surgery, but you know, I, I think that – I might be wrong, but I think they cleared him and they said everything is okay. Uh, I just – I really feel like Jacksonville did a good job this offseason on addressing their defense, uh, signing Malik Jackson, uh, getting Prince of Mufamara, uh in their secondary. I feel like Miles Jack, though, uh, if he does stay healthy, I think that he can come in right away, uh, do a very good job, and be the leader of that defense for a decade-plus. I, I agree. I'm high on him. Before the injury, and the injury talk hasn't affected him as much, but before the injury talk, I had him as the number one player on my entire board. I think he's fantastic. He's so athletic. He's incredible. He might be the best athlete in the 
in the whole draft. And he's no one graded coverage linebacker by Pro Football Focus last year. He didn't play this much the year before. He didn't play that much this last season. He only played three games before he got hurt. Just an amazing athlete. He's a, he, he played running back. He, I've seen him cover guys in the slot. He's a great coverage linebacker. He can take on the run. He can do everything you want him to do, especially in this day and age in NFL where you have over 60% of plays, defenses are in the nickel or in some sort of sub package. It's a passing league, as they say, and you've got a running back that can help you in coverage, and he can play the run. So I think he's the perfect fit. And people have to just chill out about the injuries. None of us are doctors. You hear one report. People are saying a lot of misinformation. Everybody's like, oh, I heard this report. Well, where did it come from? What's the source? What, what? Like every team has a different doctor. You can't get two doctors to agree on anything, something like that, that's supposed to be a long ways off. It's not like, like everybody can diagnose an ACL, but can you diagnose something that's going to happen five years off? No, it's an opinion. So every doctor is going to be different. So I think people are overblowing that. Now, if you were the GM of uh, Jaguars, uh, how much thought are you giving into possibly taking an offensive lineman? None, because I think you had an impact player here, and we even skipped over Buckner. We could have we could have picked Buckner too. Well, I could have picked yeah. Buckner too, or the team could have picked Buckner. But I would pick. I would way before. Heck, I can't. Even, I don't remember who there. I remember they had. They had Shoelace and they had uh, Toby Gerhardt. I can't remember if they picked up another back or did anything different over the offseason with Jacksonville. But I would well, pick up yeah, Chris Ivory. before I pick. What is that? I said they picked up Chris Ivory this offseason. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's okay then. But but before that, <laughs> but even I mean, but I would probably pick Ezekiel Elliott before I pick. Uh, uh, they can see more impact players, and I like Tunstall, but there's so many. There's the bus rate for these offensive tackles. And these offensive linemen is so high lately because of these spread offenses. And you can't get a good read out of them because everybody's going no huddle and throwing 50 bubble screens a game. And so it's really hard to get a gauge on what these guys can really do. Okay. And I am up with the sixth pick, the Baltimore Ravens, with the sixth pick in the NFL draft. And I think we're letting uh, – and I hate to see DeForest Buckner go, but we're going with Larry McTuss. Because they need a lot of help on the offensive line. Joe Flacco was under siege. I believe they gave up almost 50 sacks last year, the Ravens' offensive line. So they need some help, and that's what our friend Laramie Tunsil will do. I like that pick a lot. Like you said, uh, they, they definitely need help along the offensive line. Uh, I think Tunsil definitely will come in and, and help out Flacco for sure, give him some more protection. But I also think that Tunsil is going to help in the run game as well. Uh, I think Baltimore definitely – they only go as far as Flacco takes them. And if he can stand up straight, uh, I feel like he'll be able to deliver the ball to Steve Smith and uh, they can make some noise maybe in the AFC North. We are so, both drafting at the same time as the mighty Mayock, Mike Mayock. I think we've, we've got some competition. Mike Mayock's on TV right now doing his mock draft. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're definitely more competition. Um, but with the seventh pick in the NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select DeForest Buckner, defensive end, Oregon. Uh, this one really, to me, it came down to either Buckner or Stanley. Uh, I mean, the the 49ers definitely need help up front in the uh, on the offensive line as well. But 
I think Buckner, uh, I think he's an impact player. And, I mean, they definitely need help on the defensive line, too. Uh, as I think it was last week, I think it was uh, Corey. It was either Corey or Chase uh, in one of my uh, posts. They said He said actually the secondary was was pretty good last year. So, I feel like if they can – they are reliable. Four and nine fans are not reliable assessing <laughs> their team. They just really aren't. They 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 thought they were gonna go like seven nine eight and eight this year and they thought Tom was a good coach. But continue. <laughs> well and I mean, if the secondary the if the secondary is or was as good as they say, I feel like adding Buckner will make them make the secondary better just for the simple fact that he'll be able to put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And it'll actually make the uh, the secondary life a little easier. All right, now I am up with the eighth pick, and this is tough with the Browns. I see a lot of people putting Ezekiel Elliott there at number eight, and that's where I'm going to go. I've thought about going crazy with Patrick Lynch to get a quarterback, or maybe even taking a receiver. I like some of these receivers. I may personally take it because they lost. Uh, they lost Benjamin. I might personally take it. But I think the safest, I think you want to go safe and go with a very special back, and that's what Ezekiel Elliott is. Many people are saying he's the best all-around back they've seen since Adrian Peterson. That's a that's a great pick. Uh, the only thing that worries me about that is the simple fact that uh, I think that they, what, Cleveland lost two offensive linemen. They lost Alex Mack to Atlanta, I think, and they lost um, – I think it's Mike Schwartz went to Kansas City. Uh, and nobody knows what the whole saga is with Joe Thomas. I mean, it seems like the last few years it's always been in the offseason that they were going to trade him. Never has happened. But uh, I feel like in that position right there, if I'm Cleveland, I'm, I'm trading back for sure. But if you have to select somebody, why not go with the impact player like Ezekiel Elliott? <clears throat> What are your what are your thoughts on on their offensive line though as of right now? Um, they're a mess, but I don't know if I want to get Stanley. Uh, a lot of people like Stanley, but I tend to look at him more as a I don't I think there's a a bigger gap between Stanley and Tunsil than a lot of people. But there there are reports coming out that say some teams have Stanley uh, higher, but I I don't I don't see it. I see Tunsil as a better, more natural left tackle. I think you have to have the natural ability with the left tackle. You can't just be a worker. And so with Tunstall there, there, I mean with Tunstall, with 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 Stanley, there's even a little bit of uh, rumors out there that he's a little soft kind of. So I don't yep. see a tackle that you can really take that high, or really anybody in the offensive line that you really want to take that high. So I went with the most talented player on the board. Uh, so with the ninth pick, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up, and with the ninth pick in the NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Vernon Hargraves, the third cornerback from Florida. I feel like every single mock draft has that. <laughs> I'm gonna be really disappointed. That's where he doesn't go. If he doesn't go there. I'm gonna be super disappointed. I mean, I, I think the thing with them is the offense is coming together. Obviously, I mean, Winston had a decent year last year. You have a great young receiver in Evans as long as he can start catching and holding on to the ball. And then Doug Martin is re-signed. They may need a little help on the offensive line, but I feel like defense is kind of what let them down last year. I mean, one game in particular was the uh, Washington Redskins game last year when they got – I think Tampa Bay was up 24 to nothing, and then Washington came back to beat them. But – 
I think the secondary needs to get stronger, and I think uh, DH3 comes in and helps them out tremendously. All right. Next we have your team. You didn't you didn't think out this uh this odd even thing. You didn't think it out well enough to get your team, buddy. Um, I, I trust you, man. I'm gonna go you. with with the tenth. You guys have a lot of holes, and it's really hard. Reggie Wagland comes to mind because you got to lead and you got to need a linebacker, but he's not really a three down linebacker. And so I'm going to get ambitious for you guys. Get a pass rush. Well, you just got a pass rusher, so I was going to do that. So I can't do that. Then I guess I'm going to go safe, and I'm going to go with guys just trash. Even I think I still think he's a good prospect, Ronnie Stanley. What do you think of that for your team? Not bad. I do think that the trenches, as long as there's not somebody that falls like Ezekiel Elliott or somebody like that, the trenches will be what we uh, address in the first round. It's either going to be offense or defense. Stanley being there, I like the pick. Uh, Flowers stays at left tackle, moves Stanley to – or puts Stanley right at right tackle. Uh, another name, though, in my opinion, that well, that I've heard for the Giants uh, is defensive end slash linebacker uh, Leonard Floyd from Georgia. In my opinion, I think 10 is too high for Floyd. So uh, I'm, I'm perfectly That's fine That's what I was thinking of, but you got, uh, you got Olivia Vernon – and you got JPP hoping he can grow some fingers back. So I thought maybe y'all were good with pass rushes, but you can't have too many pass rushes, right? This is, hey, this well, is not I mean, BS. It's not ESPN. <laughs> it's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, but, I mean, I look back at uh, the success they had in 07 and 2011 when they uh, won the Super Bowl, and they always had three yeah. um, defensive ends rotating, you know? So yep. yeah, maybe uh, they put – Kiwanuka, you had Tuck, and you had Strahan the first go around. So yeah, y'all, you could you could cycle them in, yeah. So, uh, but like I said, you know, it's either going to be DN or offensive lineman, and I'm perfectly fine with Stanley going to the Giants. So, with that said, uh, the 11th pick, Chicago Bears, uh, and this is kind of tough, but with Hargraves off the board and. Elliott off the board, I feel like uh, with the 11th pick in the NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Shaq Lawson, defensive end out of Clemson. What do you think about that, RC? Interesting. That's that's a little bit higher than I take Shaq. I'm not as high on Shaq. I think they're definitely we're, – we're, we're, there's a dearth of pass rushers. There's a lot of interior guys, but there aren't a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback – um, not as high on Shaq. I think Shaq played in front of us a lot, and he was definitely mm-hmm. was very productive. Um, but I just I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna be. Maybe he'll get you ten sacks a year, but I, I just don't see him as highly as others do. I just I mean I, I just look at what he did at Clemson, and I mean. Numbers tell a lot of the story, but I know sometimes numbers seem inflated. But just just seeing the stat of the, I think it was 46-and-a-half tackles for loss uh, in his career at Clemson, and I actually think last year was his first year actually starting. I mean, those numbers jump out at me big time, and I feel like he's going to be an asset not just in the, the passing game to get to the quarterback, but he's, he's going to be able to, to stop some running backs as well. Yeah, uh, why didn't you uh, why didn't you go for Floyd, Leonard Floyd? 
I, you know, if with me, my top five as far as uh, defensive ends go, Buckner's one, Bosa's two, Lawson's three. I'm actually putting Noah Spence at four and then Floyd at five. You're a talented kid, talented kid, Noah Spence. <laughs> so that's well, not. Yeah, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in my opinion, Shaq. Shaq has a lot of size on him as far as, you know, I mean, he's not going to have to get in the, in the weight room or anything. I'm not, I'm not too sure on what, I mean, he looks very, very lengthy. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, and the, the Bears, did the Bears run a 3-4? I'm actually not sure. They, they just switched because they got John Fox. I can't remember what he runs, honestly. I, I, I really want to say they run a 3-4. But either way, I mean, I think Lawson could be a 4-3 and or a 3-4. Uh, preferably, I mean, I know what he played 4-3 at Clemson, but with his size, I mean, he's a big defensive end. So, I mean, the 3-4 isn't out of the question either, though. All right. With the 12th pick, the New Orleans Saints, and they need help everywhere on defense. <laughs> Horrible defense. Hasn't been good at least, gosh, basically since Ryan got there. Um, and now he's gone for good reason. I'm going to go with Sheldon Rankins. I think Sheldon Rankins is probably the most underrated player in the draft. He's got uh, – he's very productive, good bill rusher. Can actually be a good edge rusher, too, despite his size, 6'1", 299. Can hold the point of attack and play the gap. Really quick feet for a man his size and girth. I really love him. He's one of my favorite players in the draft, and I think he's definitely one of the top five defensive players in the draft and maybe the most underrated. No, I think that's a great pick, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the, the Saints defense has been horrible. The only reason they're in games is because of their offense, and uh, they've made a few signings in the offseason. I think Nick Fairley actually uh, went to mm-hmm. New Orleans, so pairing him up with Rankin's, you know, that I think that that's going to be able to definitely push the pocket in towards the quarterback, definitely stop the run, and hopefully help out that atrocious secondary that hopefully they uh, they try to address in uh, the later rounds of the draft. So, uh, with the 13th pick in the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select Darren Lee, linebacker, Ohio State. Interesting. A lot of people are high on him, but uh, it's a little higher than I've seen in most mock drafts, though. Well, you know, it, it, it to me it's between linebacker and cornerback, and I like what Lee did at Ohio State. I mean, you could also throw Reggie Ragland in there as well, but Lee brings some speed at linebacker. I understand that the the Dolphins traded for Kiko Alonso in, in the offseason with Philadelphia, but you know, Lee, I think he can come in and he gives them the speed and the and linebacking group that, you know, he can match up with tight ends or, you know, he can stuff the run. I think that, in my opinion, I think he was the, the best player still on the board as well. So it's kind of a win-win situation for Miami. All right. The Oakland Raiders, who are building a very formidable defense, they, at number 15, they – Select Reggie Ra- Ra- ah, Reggie Ragland. Say that fast. <laughs> Reggie Ragland out of Alabama. He's a big thumper, throwback, but he's a two back, two down guy. 
But you do need those guys who can just go in and they can set the tone and just lay the wood on people. Great pick is what I mean. I really feel like I'm I'm agreeing with all your picks, and I know don't like it, but I think you're making smart decisions. And definitely for Oakland, I mean, that defense is, is great. And just add, adding Reggie Ragland into the mix, uh, I mean, just makes him even better. As you said, you know, you think he's just a two-down linebacker. But at the same time, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because it seems as, you know, if, you know, it's a lot of, of nickel formations being used. So, you know, I, I'm willing to say probably 70 to 75% of plays on third down are, are nickel-based defenses. So, I think he comes in for for Oakland and takes the defense uh, even further than what they are now. All right, and the Titans are on the clock. The Titans at 15. You know, uh, number one, I like what they did with the trade back. Uh, It's rare to see a team trade all the way back like they did, but they were definitely able to pick up uh, a lot of draft picks because they definitely have a lot of holes. So one of their holes being uh, somebody to protect their franchise quarterback in Marcus Mariota. So draft, the Tennessee Titans select Jack Conklin, offensive tackle, Michigan State. Uh, whenever you make your picks, I feel like I want to make a Berman noise. Like, oh, oh there he is. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm conditioned to make like a Berman noise, but I'm trying to be better than that. I really am trying to be. But you hear him in your head for like 30 years. It's hard to even <laughs> not exactly. fall into it. Uh, exactly. Conklin's very physical. Kid's a mauler. He's what you want. He's much better in run stopping than he is in uh, – Pass coverage, but he's got the strength. He's got size for the tackle position. Most likely they'll keep Taylor Lewan over at left tackle and move him to right. But we'll see. People aren't sure about Taylor Lewan, and it's after after two years, I believe, we, they aren't quite sure what to make of him. So whichever one is better at left, you put him at left, move the other one to right, you got a solid foundation for your uh, offensive line. He's not the best athlete, so that's probably why you don't want to put him at left. But he's a mauler. Big kid, physical, six six three zero eight, just nasty, and likes to fight. That's what you want to see out of a. That's what you want, you know, an attack. You're, you're right. You're right. Very physical now, program, Michigan State. That's what you want. What do, what do you think he was better in? You think he was better in pass protection? Or you think he was better in the run game? Much much better in run. He's a mauler. He just wa- that's what he wants. He wants to move forward and hit you and hurt you. He's that kind of guy. So does he's not bad, Murray. But he's average in. Uh, Probably average in pass blocking. Does yeah, DeMarco Murray. For DeMarco Murray. Yeah. Does he have a better season in Tennessee this year than what he did in Philadelphia last year? He would have to. I feel like if he fell out of bed, he'd have a better season in Tennessee. <laughs> but I have a lot more confidence they would use him better in Tennessee. Well, I don't know about a lot more, but I have more confidence. I think there's some things that you could do with him and with the mobility of Mariota, even though they didn't seem to use that that much last year, but. I think it's a good combination, honestly. Okay. Let's see. The Lions are on the clock. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, do we have any callers yet or no? Let's check. Let me check. Let me check because when I looked two picks ago, we did not have any. No, I don't think. No, we didn't get any, which is fine. I just wanted to encourage them if they wanted to call in and yell at us and fuss at us and (laughs) and get their little uh, pound of flesh because so much of the mic draft, everybody's like, oh, that's not the pick. That's not who we're going to pick. First of all, nobody knows. It's an educated guess. The best exactly. guy 
I looked it up. It's probably gonna be the morning drive. I'm gonna I'm gonna like skewer the draft in the morning drive tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> the the best guys got twelve right. And that was two years ago. That's all like a five. The best guys that's got crazy. twelve right. So like, and they have people that they know and they're talking to. They're talking. They have access to general managers and personnel guys, and they're being lied to, or they just don't have the, they don't have enough information. So who's to say any pick is wrong? Outside of maybe golf, which it seems like everybody's saying, I'm still not sold. I'm still holding out hope for wins. But it looks more and more like golf. But sometimes the media, but the thing about the media is 99% of people will say, oh, it's going to be golf. And then if they're wrong, everybody will just move on and act like it didn't happen and not learn from any of the information. Like every draft, like I put my mock out and you put yours out. And every draft, there are these huge surprises. Nobody knows. I remember a few years ago, Bortles was supposed to be a top 15 pick. Ended up going yep. like four or five or six, wherever, to the Jaguars. Yep. But nobody learned from that. And quarterbacks always move up. I've got uh, Paxton Lynch in my other mock draft, number 20. He's not going to go number 20. He's going to move up because people like quarterbacks. Yep. That's what they do. But let me uh, get back on track. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, all I was going to add in is, you know, when with the, the experts, you know, ESPN, Bleacher Report, blah, 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 when they put out their mock draft, they don't incorporate trades, which, I mean, makes their life a lot easier for sure. But, I mean, I know I've been, working on, my, yeah. I've been working on my final mock draft for, like, the last four days, man, and it's just – see, I'm I'm the one that's trying to incorporate the trades. Like, I'm trying to listen to, you know, all the reports coming out, which, like I said earlier, a lot of them are probably smoke screens. But I try to, to see, like, who has the ammunition to trade up and, you know, what their needs are. But, dude, it has been stressful. Yeah, it's hard. You're trying to predict the future. Well, that's not a exactly. trait that humans have. So it's very <laughs> difficult. And not only that, you're not trying to predict the future. You're trying to predict the future of 32, 32 organizations that have 10, 12 people within the organization helping to make that decision from scouts to personnel to position coaches to head coaches to coordinators. So, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of moving pieces. <laughs> and we're trying to predict. It, it, it's, it's, it's fun, exactly. but, I mean, the reality of it is we're just guessing. Yep, I agree. And so that uh, disclaimer, following that disclaimer, <laughs> with the Lions with the 16th pick. You know, I, I see here, and a lot of people aren't, maybe they think Megatron's coming back, but that's not something I've seen. So uh, the needs I've seen are offensive tackle, cornerback, and inside linebacker. But I'm going to take the first receiver off the board, and I'm going to take the guy who I believe is, uh, not by far, but it's significantly the best receiver on the board, and that's Josh Doxson. He plays like a much bigger man. He's 6'2", 202, but I see incredible things from him. And a 50-50 ball with him is not a 50-50 ball. It's more like a 75-25 or an 80-20 <laughs> ball when, Josh, when the ball's in the air with Josh Dodson. I see acceleration with the balls in the point, when the ball's in the air. He just accelerates to where the ball's going to go. And he just – I love receivers that would go up and get the ball. Because it, 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 it gives your quarterback a margin of error. Definitely. I mean, I agree. You know, uh, it's been, you know, if, if a quarterback has a chance that they know they can just lob the ball up and their receiver can get it, it makes their life a little easier. And with this pick, I, I'm torn. And the reason I'm torn is because Josh Doxson is, is my number one receiver um, in, in the receiving class for sure. Um, I, I just, like you said, I see great things out of him. Uh, a jump ball is like 80-20 for him. He, he's a freak athlete. 
but I just feel like Detroit doesn't go receiver just because, I mean, I understand they have Golden State and then in the offseason they signed Marvin Jones as well. I just I feel like they're going to try to address keeping Matt Stafford standing up straight and maybe go with uh, – what's, what's, the, what's the dude's name out of Ohio State? Is it Taylor Decker? Or yeah, Taylor Decker. Like yeah. I, I but, I mean, like I said, you know. I can see them going maybe, to but, I mean, I guess the, the, also the thing is, why not? I mean, you're seeing a lot more of, you know, a three-wide receiver um, offenses all across the NFL. So, you know, you move Golden Tate in the slot. You have um, Doxon and Jones on the outside. I mean, you know, good things can definitely happen from that. Stafford can surely get them the ball. Yeah, I, I'm just scared for them of Stafford not, I mean, without his, his crutch which wasn't even that great of a crutch as far as with him. You seem to throw more and more picks uh, as the years increase with him. But without Megatron to just throw it up to, I hate to see what Stafford is. It wasn't that great with him. So I hate to see what <laughs> he's going to be like. <laughs> I don't, I, 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 that's going to be painful to watch. Uh, let's see the Falcons, number 17. The Falcons on the clock. The, uh, the Falcons uh, with the 17th pick in the NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Noah defensive end, is it Eastern Kentucky, I think? Eastern Kentucky, yep. He transferred. Oh, he got in trouble. I think he failed a drug test. They were saying he sent his last 20 drug tests to every team in the league. Uh, So, yeah, he's definitely a very talented kid, very talented kid. Uh, Let me see. Let me look really quick. He transferred. He's a transfer from a big school. from Ohio Ohio State? Yeah, that's what it is. Transfer from Ohio State. So, you know he's got the talent. And it was just a character – well, I hate to say character issues for stupid weed, but it's still you have to be disciplined enough not to do it while you're on the team and you know what they're going to be tested for. So I really like the kid. I really like – why did you uh, why did you pick Spence? Well, you know, adding Dan Quinn as the head coach last year, it was clear that uh, his point of emphasis for this team was to get this defense better. And I uh, like the move from them last year with Vic Beasley – continue to try to add speed to this defense so they can get pressure on the likes of Cam Newton and, and Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. So add Noah Spence there. You know, I think he played DN and linebacker uh, at Eastern Kentucky. So, I mean, this is a guy who can, you know, put his put his hand in the ground, but he can also stand up somewhat like a Mario Williams. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying. So, um, and this is what I mean, they really need. They they need pass rushers badly, and they tried to address yes. it last year with Vic Beasley, but they they need a pass they need pass rushers badly in Atlanta. Now with this pick, um, this Atlanta pick, how how much of you obviously we agree they need uh, defensive line help for sure, but how much of you wanted want to take Kevin Dodd out of uh, Clemson? I mean, maybe pair him back up with Vic Beasley. That that is I, I do have. On my board, I have Dodd a little bit higher than Spence, just a little bit higher. I feel like Dodd got better and surpassed Shaq Lawson as the season went on. So that's something that you want to uh, – you see the last five games, he had five – the last five games he had a sack in each of them. So and he look, he's 6'5", 277. The thing that you say is he didn't get a lot of snaps, but his instincts and his football intelligence are off the charts. I would probably – if I was going to go that way, you still haven't had Floyd go off the board yet, so I would maybe think you can. The slender build does bother me, and I was high on Vic Beasley. And he wasn't a plus, but he wasn't quite what I wanted. But, yeah, 
I, I, I tend to lean towards Dodd over Spence, but I can't really argue with Spence. All right. Well, we got the Colts up on uh, the clock. And crazy Jim Ursay, you never know what he will do. <laughs> but I do think that they are in need badly of offensive linemen. I think, and I know Andrew Luck got pummeled last year. And, uh, you know, ironically, he got hurt when he was running. But he just got pummeled. He didn't have the time. And I don't make a lot of excuses for Andrew Luck. I think some of their – they should have changed protections, do more three- and five-step drops, too many seven-step drops, too many receivers going out wide without any safety valves. But that being said, he wasn't getting protected. So regardless of scheme, you shouldn't have to totally adjust your scheme to do a three-step passing scheme because your line is so bad. So we have quite a few receivers. We have quite a few guys off the board, but I think they need – they need an offensive tackle. They need an offensive guard. But I am going to go with kind of off the charts here a little bit where people wouldn't expect going. And they, they might not do this, but hopefully they're smart. They will. Let me go with Cody Whitehair of Kansas State. Wow. Um, that definitely caught me by surprise. But I agree with what you said as far as needing offensive line help. I mean, I, I really feel like they need all, all the positions of the offensive line, guard, tackle, center, you know, uh, what's what's the the guy out of Alabama? Is it Ryan Kelly, the center? Yeah, yeah, he could be a candidate. I, yep. I mean, you know, so but I, I agree, offensive line help is needed. Andrew Luck was running for his life last year, literally, and you know, if he doesn't have time to get the ball to you know T. Y. Hilton and um, well, Andre Johnson gone, but I mean, you see where I'm going? Yeah, for Miami, I, I mean, he didn't do a whole lot. <clears throat> exactly, and then I mean, they're. They, their running game. I mean, yeah, they have Frank Gore, and I mean, I feel like offensive line would definitely help Frank Gore do a lot better than what he did last year. So, uh, great pick there, RC. Yeah, I, I like this kid. He's ready to start day one. He plays tackle in college. You can move him into guard. I think these guys, uh, guys that play tackle in college, when you move into guard, they're a little more successful. They can handle it inside, where the physic, not the physicality, but the athleticism now is very difficult these tackles to deal with, but I think inside, a lot of these kids are ready. And that's what Washington did with Taylor Scherf, uh last year. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty successful. The Bills on the you, clock. It, yeah. Okay. Uh, with the, the 19th pick in the uh, NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Leonard Floyd, defensive end, Georgia. Uh, oh, the there he is, with... Tommy. There he is, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that I went with Floyd is uh, simple because this team lost uh, Mario Williams to uh, a rival of the division, the Miami Dolphins. And I feel like, I mean, their offense was, was, was pretty good last year, but I feel like they relied a lot on their defense. And adding Floyd to this team, I feel like he will be able to kind of like um, – Kind of like Spence, he can put his hand in the ground, but he can also uh, stand up and get after the running backs and the quarterbacks as well. So I think that he can flow, and maybe in a few years uh, he can progress and take over uh, that Mario Williams spot. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. A lot of talent. This guy seems to be rising up draft boards, and you're getting a lot of talk about it. And I think he's someone that Rex Ryan could use. And they talk about simplifying it. 
But Rex Ryan's never done that. He's a chess piece. You can put him in coverage. You can put him on the outside. You can do a lot of things with this kid. And that's exactly the kind of player that Rex Ryan wants to see. All right, we have the we have the Jets, the the Buffalo Bills, other rival, the Jets on the clock now. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a big deal like this and they got someone like Paxton Lynch because they just they don't seem to have any courage in Fitzpatrick. But I'm not going to do that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that and it's something dysfunctional that Jets would do. Try to start over after Fitzpatrick had a pretty decent year and almost got into the playoffs. But yeah. I'm going to go with another surprise pick. And I'm going to pick Sua Cravens out of UCLA. He started his career as a safety, and he's very versatile. He's kind of a tweener, but he's very disruptive, and he's been productive all three seasons as a starter. And he's got good tools, good instincts. He can help on such teams immediately and probably play, probably start a 4-3 defense in the 4-3 defense weak side linebacker. Okay. Um, wow, yeah, that, that caught me off. Hey, you know, the last, your last two picks have caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been uh, giving a deep research now. We're ready. There's some late risers coming up here. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're calling me the guru, but, you know, you're you're naming some, some guys that, I, you know, I don't even have going in the first round. So, um, I mean, I, I agree with you as far as, you know, they could possibly go Paxton Lynch here. Uh, but as we said earlier in the show, Paxton Lynch is probably going to go up a lot. Uh, farther, like maybe, you know, the the 10 to 15 area because, you know, I mean, his, his draft stock has rose for the – And like you said, the, the trades too, the trades that we can't – And the trades, exactly. So, um, and, you know, it, it's funny because I I think in all of my mock drafts that I've done uh, this year, I think I've had the Jets taken Paxton Lynch. I mean, every single one. And I honestly – I in my mind set in stone that I haven't even thought about what other positions this team needs. So, um, but I mean, like you said, you know, he could play safety, he could play weak side linebacker. Why not plug him into that defense? So, uh, speaking of safeties, though, uh, this is this is probably, and I, I hate to say it because you know I'm a Giants fan, so I hate to 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 say good things about the Redskins, but uh, with them signing Josh Norman. If I was the GM here uh, with the 21st pick in the NFL draft, uh, the Washington Redskins select Carl Joseph, safety out of West Virginia. And you're talking about this kid is a stud. Before his injury, I think maybe he even would go higher. He's a good football character, very competitive. Uh, people people aren't sure if he's a free safety or a strong safety or if we're going to put him in that kind of in the box like Buchanan for um, – for the, for the Carolina, not Carolina, for the Cardinals. Uh, he's just talented, just a talented kid, high impact, just a medical has got to check out. Interestingly enough, people don't talk about his medicals because he's not a top, you know, top ten pick, but they really go after Jack because he's a little bit higher. But similar situation where we got guys that aren't 100% healthy yet. Now, I'm going I'm to tell you this. I, I've been probably for the last week and a half, I've been hearing that his stock is really rising. You know, he, he's going to be able to play uh, in the 2016 season. Uh, once he is drafted, he'll be he'll be good for training camp. I really feel like this this kid can go top 20. And I'm going to give you a team to watch out for. 
uh, that might would select him. And I honestly think that if he's there, they're going to give some strong uh, – they're going to look at him strongly. I think he could go to Detroit at uh, 16. Interesting. Okay. So – The next pick, the Texans. The Texans, they've got quite a few needs, actually. But uh, you could find uh, offensive linemen. You know, we've kind of run through them. The offensive tackle, offensive linemen, try to help out Brock Osweiler, newly signed. And you could look at that. Oliver Evan Clark is going up draft boards for Texas Tech. But I really think they need somebody to throw Josh Hopkins the ball. Besides, I mean, they need to throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball. Because I mean, somebody to help besides DeAndre Hopkins, because he's basically the only target, <laughs> constantly feeding him. I think he was second in targets to Antonio Brown. It was just ridiculous watching their game sometimes, just totally forcing them. And which was they was drafting so deep at receiver. I, I think Laquan Treadwell is too similar to put him next to. And I thought about Will Fuller, but the drops really bother me. So I am going to go with. Uh, the second most talented receiver in this draft, Corey Coleman. Nice pick, uh, Coleman and Baylor. He he really did great, didn't? I think he had like seventeen touchdowns. Twenty, uh, twenty this year. Twenty, okay, twenty, twenty. Yeah, uh, imagination. You know, and I mean, you're saying you had DeAndre Hopkins on one side. I mean, of course, Hopkins is gonna get all the attention. So, I mean, Coleman can step in from day one and really contribute to this team. Uh, and actually, I remember last year, he fell probably to the fifth round. I actually had him going in the first round. was, uh, I think, Jalen Strong. He's also on the, the Texans yeah, he's team. He's still there. So, he's still there, yep. You know, if he can come in this off season and, and really buckle down and do what he's supposed to do, I mean, you could possibly have uh, Jalen Strong and Hopkins on the outside and put Coleman uh, in the slot and uh, – you know, this, this offense could really take off. So, uh, with the – what pick are we on? 23? The yeah, we're moving, we're moving. The Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. And this is uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm with you uh, as far as how um, the Texans, you know, they, they needed somebody other than DeAndre Hopkins. But now, I mean, the Vikings have nobody. You know, Mike Wilder – I mean, they had, yeah, they have Stephon Diggs. But you know, Mike Wilder, he was faded. He was he was a fantasy star, but he kind of faded. He wasn't consistent at all. And Mike Wallace ended up going to Baltimore, I think. Yeah, um, he's gone. So with the twenty third pick, and this might surprise our draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Will Fuller, wide receiver, game. Wow. They got the burner. Fuller is a burner. <laughs> uh, he totally destroyed UCLA. He got that not UCLA. USC, two pass interferences. He had two big-time catches. You talk about a guy that can take the top off the defense. Uh, compares favorably to Deshaun Jackson. You know, and a lot of people are probably wondering why, why isn't Treadwell here. Uh, I like Treadwell's size. Uh, the speed kind of concerns me a little bit, but I, I think I was watching something the other day and they were talking about, you know, like, not Antoine Bolton. So it might have been Anquan Bolden. Like, he didn't have superior speed in the combine and everything. But I just look at what, what Fuller did, you know, at Notre Dame. And like you said, he's a burner. But, I mean, he has a, a nice vertical. A jump ball can go his way. Uh, I think he's a decent red zone threat. I feel like he can line up anywhere. 
So I feel like this is going to help Teddy Bridgewater out tremendously. Uh, with the 24th pick, the Bengals select Laquan Treadwell. If Laquan <laughs> Treadwell is there, I don't think there's any way the Bengals uh, uh, pass him up. I believe it's the newest, but I know uh, Marvin is gone. Uh, we yeah, just discussed him earlier. Yep, we discussed him earlier. So I think they need someone to help Andy Dalton out. They do still have Tyler Eifert. And Treadwell wouldn't have the burden on him totally, and he could develop as a receiver. I think if he learns, and he, he shows it in college, but if he learns the nuances of the game and the pro level, he'll be a very successful receiver, not someone I think to be a, a true number one, though. Now, do you think do you think Treadwell and A.J. Green kind of uh, are similar? To some people, too. But A.J.'s faster He's smoother. He's a better route runner. I feel like A.J. can create separation in some ways where A.J. is not like a burner, but he's very smooth. He has great body control in the routes. I like uh, what Treadwell kind of does. He, Treadwell kind of makes slight adjustments, whereas A.J., his footwork is so good that he kind of uh, gets separation that way. And he, he gets a lot better separation than Laquan probably ever will. All right. Um I mean, you know, Treadwell's still on the board, obviously. I, I think before the uh, the combine and everything, I feel like a lot of people had him at number one uh, as a receiver, and I think they actually had him going, like, top ten. But, um, hey, Treadwell's still on the board for the Bengals, definitely. Uh, they, they need to scoop him up because, like you said, those two receivers are actually gone now in Sanu and Jones. So, good pick up there, RC. Uh, with the 25th pick, in the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Eli Apple, cornerback, Ohio State. What do you think about that, RC? Interesting. I'm kind of down on Eli. I like William Jackson third, the best. Eli is a straight man corner, not much experience, or not very good at playing zone. And he kind of plays with his back to the ball, like uh, kind of like I teach kids that. Uh, I work with on my little team, but he plays with his back to the ball. It kind of reacts to the receiver, and so he doesn't actually make interceptions, and so that bothers him. And sometimes there are uh, talent lapses, but at the same time, he has a lot of talent. And for a kid, you can say, hey, just go out there, play man-to-man, and do your thing. That's not the worst thing trait in the world to have. So I'm not, uh, I like Alexander and <laughs> like William Jackson better, and I think Artie Burns is a sleeper, but Eli, I'm not, I'm not – I think I'm too low on Eli, so I don't think it's a bad pick. I just like the name, Eli. Yeah, <laughs> bet you do. <laughs> Those don't know his son is named Eli, and his quarterback is named Eli as well. Hello. Not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, interesting pick coming up here. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, we got quite a few uh, people on the board that probably they would be interested in and looking at. They really need help on the offensive line. I mean, they are desperate for help on the offensive line. They tried to fix it, but it was a patchwork thing. They had a guy move over from defense to offense. They slid people over. I'm going to go with a guy who's moving really fast up the board, and that's LaRaven Clark out of – and they also traded Okun to get um, Jimmy Graham. So I'm going to go with a tackle here to play either left or right tackle. I'm going to go with LaRaven Clark out of Texas and – no, Texas Tech, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, as you said, Seattle definitely needs help on that uh, offensive line. Uh, lost Unger last year uh, to New Orleans. Lost Okun this year to Denver. Uh, you know, this team, I mean, Russell Wilson is very elusive, but, you know, you don't want your franchise quarterback running for his life. 
So uh, offensive line is definitely a need, and they have to address this in the first round. And as you said, and I said earlier, the this draft is 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 stacked, is stacked with offensive linemen. So, you know, some people might think that getting the offensive lineman this uh, late in the first round, he's not going to pan out. But like you said, Clark is coming up the boards. I like his physicality. I like his uh, his size. I think that, you know, he can come in and I think he can be put at right tackle and could eventually be the left tackle of the future. All right. We only got uh, about three minutes, so we got to go. We might we have to go, go straight uh, picks. Yeah, yeah we got to go uh, straight picks because I only put an hour in. So we might have to go straight right. picks for these last ones. 27th pick. All right. 27th pick, I had the Packers taking Jaron Reed, defensive tackle, Alabama. Good pick up. Good pick up. All right, let me look at my board now. It makes it harder because you don't have time to look with the uh, – <laughs> you don't have time to look. Uh, we got – wait a second. Let me put it – I'm putting it into like a database so I can have it for later. All right, the – Chiefs, the Packers, Jerry and Reed. Then we're at where are we? The Kansas City Chiefs. See, now it's going faster than I could take. Kansas City Chiefs. I think. I think the Chiefs they they need another receiver, and it's pretty deep a receiver. But they may have to wait on that. They might can get that in the second round. I see a Sean Robinson there. But I'm going to go with, with Houston being hurt. I want to pass rusher. I'm going to get Kevin Dodd. Kevin Dodd. Okay. Nice pick up for the Chiefs. Uh, they could also go cornerback as well after they lost Sean Smith to Oakland. Yeah. Um, but I like that Dodd. All right. So, with the 29th pick, and they take Ryan Kelly, center, Alabama. Good pick up. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, somehow, I don't think he'll slip this late in the draft, but I think it's because we think so much differently from each other. And I think they're good. I think William Jackson is better, but Mackenzie Alexander is who I think Carolina Panthers will pick. All right, Mackenzie Alexander off the board. So, with the last pick in the first round, number 31 overall, the Denver Broncos select uh, – what is his name? Uh, Billings. I can't think of his first name, but it's Billings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they, I think they need to get the, the D-line straightened out again. You know, they lost Malik Jackson, everything. Bring Billings in, plug him in in the hole. He's good to go. All right. We made it. We're 60 seconds to spare. <laughs> Folks, don't forget, you can find all the content on kind of classicallybombastic.com. Like the page on Facebook. Also, go to iTunes and give us a rating. Thank you, Cody. This was great. Appreciate all your work on the draft. Thank you, RC. And just a little plug, just letting you know, tomorrow at 12 o'clock noon, my final mock draft will be put out. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. All right, RC.